here we go. Thank you for your patience. We are, we, we, we felt led to just worship the Lord a little longer here. And thank you for your patience. And I trust that you are before the Lord in adoration, in adoration for he is so, 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 so good to us. He's so, so, so good to us. So good. So, so, so good to us. And, um, Thank you for joining us, Dominion Sonship Life again. And I have a message that the Lord gave me. And normally it really gets shaped up in the wee hour of the mornings and uh, right before really the camera starts, he's communicating the message to me. And it's really based on the foundation of Christ in my life, based on the foundation of the Word of God. And so the title for today is The Stripes of Love. The stripes of love, the stripes of love. And, and, um, we have been on this theme of the press of faith, really. The good fight of faith, the good fight of faith is to declare that it is done. The good fight of faith in your life looks like a declaration of completeness in Him alone. The good fight of faith is when you have finally come to the place of the reality that in Him you are complete and all is done and all is well and all is good. The good fight of faith is the rest of faith. To come into the stillness of trust that the Lord has a plan that He is working out and my engagement is part of His plan. His desire for me to be engaged with the plan. His desire for me to be engaged with his desire for my life. And so that we have started this theme on being hard pressed, but not crushed. And then we moved into the press for release. Uh, that when we undergo this place of transformation, there is always a pressure to the outer man. And that is to refuse conformity to the world, to refuse conformity to the world and to be really transformed by the renewing of our mind, which is always based on thus says the Lord. The word, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And so last Sunday, we moved into bear his brand marks and we looked especially from Galatians 6, 17 and let's go Galatians 6, 17. Paul writing, don't harass me no more. Don't bother me. Don't trouble me anymore because in my body, I bear the marks of Jesus. In my body, I bear the markings of my Savior. And of course, there was a direct reference to the scars that were there on his physical body of the beatings, of the shipwreck, of everything he endured for Christ's sake, the persecutions that comes with bearing the cross of Christ. And we looked and we stated that really these outer appearances, these scars that were brought in through the persecution were there because of an inward marking within his spirit man, and that was Christ in him, the hope of glory. That that is really the ultimate branding and marking this brand new creation that we are now in Christ. So the born again child of God, this is the reality. I'm new, I'm new, I'm new. The old has passed, the old has passed, the old has passed. And the cross has separated me from the past. Ooh. The cross of Christ has brought forth a brand new identity. And so when you carry the cross of Christ, when you, when you daily pick up that cross of salvation, which is really the armor 
of God, the very mind of Christ that he so loved the world that he laid down his life. And so because I so love him, I pour all that I am on him alone. I solely live for him. And so today, I, I woke up this morning early, 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 early with this desire to talk about the love of God. To talk about the love of God. Because when we bring out these messages of transformation, the press of faith, the good fight of faith, it is not of my carnal man that I can attain this divine victory that already resides in me. But it is really all based on God so loved me. That God loved me first. That while I was still a sinner, he died for me. That when I rejected him because I did not know him, he loved me. He loved me. And so the stripes of his love will be our focus today. I said, go to Galatians 6, and you may actually put, put a little ribbon there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, but we'll go to Galatians 6 as well. 1 Corinthians 15, <laughs> that chapter, my little subtitle from my New King James Bible, I love it. It says the chapter is titled, The Risen Christ Faith Reality. <laughs> The risen Christ faith reality. Let's go to, well, I, I'm going more towards the 45 thereafter, something that you've heard me read a lot. Uh, but on the way to that verse, let's stop at verse 33. There is something that we have to be very mindful of in this verse. The way we talk about the press of faith, when we talk about the good fight of faith, there is a place of a forsaking of certain companies that we keep. <laughs> Not just in our carnal minds to let go of that carnal thought, but the carnalities of those that we call our little friends. <laughs> whether thought patterns or whether physical people. Do not be deceived, verse 33, 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived today. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. Awaking to righteousness and not sinning looks at times like forsaking evil company because evil company corrupts the way of Christ in our life. Evil fellowships, people that are off this way, that are not keeping on this narrow way of the life of Christ can actually be a major snare to our forward movement in Christ. Because you see, this Christ nature is not one to be conferred with, with flesh and blood, and not my own little flesh and blood, nor someone else's flesh and blood. 
And so it's very important that we be aware and not deceived. The way to wake up to righteousness and not sin, for some do not know the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. I've, I've spent a lot of time on these two verses, especially the part, for some do not know, do not have the knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. You see, when we're in the company of others, we are always a light for him. We are a light to the world. So we are to let his light so shine through us so that men would know him. And so my fellowships are to be marked with the gospel dissemination. My fellowships are not to be marked by fellowshipping with those that fellowship with the world and thus be marked and stuck in some tradition of an old of an old way. But really, my fellowship is a wake up to righteousness and to sin not so that I can be a light to those the Lord brings my way so I can fellowship with them. That was a side note to my message, but it just was so big before me standing here. And so let's now go to Let's go to 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And we know we are now after, we are now after the second Adam. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we, we, what we have been talking about is bearing the marks of Christ. What we've been talking about being hard pressed but not crushed. We, we have looked at a few verses, especially in, um, Second Corinthians chapter four, that, that this press that we are undergoing is actually just for a moment, but it's working for us a far greater weight of glory. It is because we are at that moment releasing the very life of God. So that though my outer man is identified with the death of Christ, that I, I take the cross daily to reckon this outer man dead for one purpose, not to suffer punishment, but to release release his life to release his life and so when my 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 markings are his cross on the outer man then the markings of the Christ life within me will be released to the world we are because a life-giving spirit that's why and so then let's go to verse 48 actually 47 the first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And he is the one that we are now being conformed to. This transformation, this press of faith, this, this fight of faith, this, this abstaining from the carnal nature, this picking up my cross daily and denying myself is for the purpose to be identified with the living God. And as we read in John 6 a couple weeks ago, I believe even last week we read it, that unless we partake of his flesh and drink his blood, that means a full identification, a becoming of his nature, then the kingdom of God has no place in our lives. We do not have eternal life, he said. 
What am I saying? We'll live for him alone. What am I saying? This is the hour to be sober-minded and to come back to this reality of who you are. Five years is not today. Five years ago, I mean. Five years ago was five years ago. And what I believe, what I perceive five years ago was maybe good for them. But now is an hour that we have to wake up to righteousness. Now is an hour where the cross becomes a lot more poignant in our lives. The snares are greater. The enticements are more calling on our names. The pressures are greater. Temptations abound like never before. To forsake this narrow way and to take on the care of the world. To forsake trusting the living God. To forsake abiding in the word of God because I got to make a living. More than ever, judge yourself, judge your motives, reflect on where you put your time the most. Those little devices in our hands. You see, our identity is him. The Lord from heaven, verse 48, as was the man of dust, as was the man of dust, also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have bore the image of the man of dust, as we have carried the markings of the flesh, the nature of sin, it is time to unyoke ourselves and remove that old identity, that rope we're to disrobe and to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, the image of the heavenly man. Well, since we're in 1 Corinthians, what does he look like? Let's go to chapter 13. What, what is the image that we're to bear? What are his markings? What are, what are his stripes of identification? What does he look like? So I bear him alone. Reflect his image. What does that look like? Well, <laughs> love, love, love. It looks like love because God is Love. God is love. God is love. All that he has done is because God is love. And love suffers long. God is patient towards you today. God is patient towards me today. God is kind. This is what he looks like. Kindness. It's just not an attribute of God is this and that and something else. No, as much as God is love, in love is the expression of love looks like patience, kindness, 
not envying, <laughs> not parading myself heartily, not puffed up, not behaving rudely, not seeking my own, not easily provoked. I don't think on evil. I don't rejoice in iniquity. Love looks like rejoicing in truth because God is truth. Bear all things, believes all things. I believe all good things. You know, we, we tend to think sometimes in Christian domino, you know, we think of the big sins, the big sins, and you can, you can name your, your, the big sins, you know, I think of the sins of the flesh in particular, and, um, but we really forget the spiritual sins. Judging another. Not esteeming the other one higher than you esteem yourself. Lying. Hypocrisy. Love. Love believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And therefore, can I say, verse 8 comes in, love never fails. God is love, and love never fails. And so when you know you are in the poem of love, he'll never fail you. You're fail-proof in him. And so we're talking about being hard-pressed, of course, will not be crushed, because where are you placed? You are placed in love, who's not self-seeking, but is looking out for you. He is looking out for you. He laid down his life for you and I. And so to bear his markings is to be conformed to thinking no evil. To bear his markings is really to pick up the cross so you will believe truth. To pick up the cross is so that you, you be patient with another. A conformity to his nature. His nature is love. His nature is tender, but his nature is narrow in light of what the world offers, which is chaos. But the way of love leads into peace divine. The way of love is dawning immortality because you're dawning Christ. If you go back to chapter 15, Verse 50, now this I say, First uh, Corinthians 15, 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, flesh and blood cannot, cannot, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does, nor does corruption, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. When are we going to get this? We're getting, we got to get this now. Trying to figure out with a carnal mind life. When he says he is light, 
See, that's why you pick up the cross to believe that he does. He does indeed. He does indeed stand before you speaking to you that he is the only way, that he is truth himself and that he is your life. See, not be mesmerized by the cheap and of the dead, the things of this world. See, not be mesmerized by that which is corruptible. And then, this is regarding the, okay, let's go 51. We read until about 54. Behold, I'll tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must, must put on immortality. We must put on immortality. What does that look like? Partakers of divine nature. That looks like what Jesus said in John 6. What did he say in John 6? That we are to John 6, 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last day. So we must put immortality and incorruption. And look then, then shall be brought to pass the saying as it is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore we're to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor in him is not in vain. So what I'm trying to bring forth is that here now, right now, right here now, right here now, even before the trumpet call, we have to have the revelation that as he is, so are we, that we have already dawned immortality. That we already have the confidence of eternal life here now. That the kingdom of God is in me right now. Not when I move to heaven. But even right now, I've dawned on incorruption. How? By taking on the mind of Christ. By bearing that which he bore for me. Life. 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 Now let's go to Galatians 6. Where's my ribbon? There. Let's go to hmm, verse 7. 
Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. So let us not be deceived because truth is truth. Let us not be deceived because that which we sow into, we're not immune from ripping from. <laughs> Whatever man sows, that he'll also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, which is corruption, right? Which is mortal, right? Which cannot inherit the kingdom of God which has not been restrained, this flesh, will of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary. And so what? how do we sow to the Spirit? By picking up the cross, by denying the old man. By recognizing ourselves after the Christ nature, that we are now life-giving spirits. That we now release life into more life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so then we can go to verse 14 and 15. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, that I am forever through the cross separated from corruption. That through the cross I've escaped the corruption that's found in the world. And Peter talks about that through this great divine precious promises. We've escaped the foulness of this fallen world. So the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. But a new creation in chapter 5, he said the same sentence, 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Faith working through love looks like new creation life, by the way. Faith working through love. And I've taught about that on early on in Dominion Sonship. But let's go now further down. Verse 16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And I, I looked last week, the word, the marks, and that was the branding. But I wanted to look at the word bearing. Let no one trouble me. I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And the strong concordance for that word bear, I bear on my body, is um, 941 Strong's Greek Concordance. And um, for I bear on my body, that word bear is to take up and to carry. It sounds like carrying the cross, doesn't it? to take up, to carry on his body 
the marks of Jesus. That word is, uh, some usages of that word is to take up with hands, to take up in order to carry or bear, to put upon oneself something to be carried to bear. Now, of course, immediately he's talking about the, the, the scars he bore in his body. But last week we broke it down that really it's, the scars are there because of his spirit man being marked by Christ, right? Another, another is another way to use that word bear, to bear on his body the marks of Christ. It is to bear away to carry off, to take away or to remove by curing. Um, anyway, it's, it's a neat study. You can go into your own time and, and just go deeper in that verse to realize that when we take on this identity of Christ, no flesh can trouble us there. Nothing, nothing of the natural can bother us there. That's why he says from now on, let no one trouble me. Let no one trouble me. Because he can't be troubled. You can't be troubled when you're identified with his marks. Now let's go up and look directly about these stripes that we, that is in my title. And of course, those who've been in church for not too long, 1 Peter 2.24 will come to mind. 1 Peter 2.24. I want to look that up. Yes. Let's start. Hmm. Verse 21. For to this you were called... Because Christ also suffered for us. What was my title? The stripes of love. God is love. God is love. The stripes of love. For to this you are called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. This is what the example is. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Oh, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24 who himself, so because he did not revile, because he did not threaten when he suffered, because he didn't validate and vindicate himself, but fully committed himself and trusted himself to the living God, his heavenly Father, who judges righteously, he therefore was given this honor to bear stripes for us. Oh. who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Do you see, when you put your flesh under, you can be used by God to set the captives free. And I was so clear in, 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 in that Second Corinthians chapter 4, going back to the press for release, October 9th, 1920. October the 9th, 2022 message. 
that we now as Jesus are undergoing this pressure. But during this pressure, we now, what do we do? We choose one thing, the cross. The cross. We don't revile when we're reviled. We don't, we don't, we don't go in, in threatening mode when you feel threatened. What do we do? We commit ourselves to Him. We entrust ourselves to Him. Living faith, living faith looks like a trust with nothing in your head, no buts, no ifs, no nothing, nothing to trouble your mind because you have already laid down your life. You have already identified with Him so that now you can walk intact in this fallen world. So what did he do for us? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins, that we having died to sins through the cross, we've died to sins. We so how that we've been crucified to the world and the world to us, right? So that we might now live for righteousness by whose stripes, by whose stripes, by whose wounds, we were healed. My completeness, spirit, soul, and body is in him. The strength of my outer man is he himself. The strength of my inner man, he himself. The health of my mind, he himself. The health of my body, he himself. Why he himself? Because he laid down his life. So that I, me now, bear he himself within me. By picking up the cross daily to identify solely with the love of God. What does that look like? It looks like knowing that he so loved me. He so loved Desi. He so loved me that he made a choice to come down and dodge humanity and die the brutal, brutal death of the cross so that I now, Desi, my have his life in an earthen vessel right here, right now, to put on, to put on immortality, to partake of divine nature, to have an identity with the very love of God, to be able to comprehend as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, the magnitude of the love of God. Only through the born-again spirit man can I ever identify with the love of God. Because the love of God is God himself. He is spirit. He is not flesh and blood. He is not flesh and blood. God, the immortal God, is my heavenly father. He has fathered me again to a living hope through the resurrection from the dead. And so when I identify with his life, I undergo what his life underwent here on earth and now in heaven, far above being placed, far above trouble, far above oppression, far above corruption, far above the snares of the age of this day. 
and falling away from him. Marked by his stripes, the stripes of love. I was actually going to title this Bear the Stripes of Love, but I thought that might, that might sound a little off to a carnal mind to think that it's about punishment or chastisement. No, it's about laying down my life so I be kept safe at all times because who preserves me is his life within me. Who preserves me is his life within me. Let me read the Strong's Concordance. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself, I love this, he himself, he himself, and he himself lives in me now. He himself in me now has bore it all, has bore it all. So when I identify with he himself that bore the cross for me because that is what love looked like, then I can then know that I, me, myself, because he is in me now, will bear the cross. It's an identification with the love of God. It's an identification with the love of God, the cross of Christ. It's from where life came forth. Newness of life through resurrection. He himself bore our sins. You see, I don't, I don't bear my sin by denying my flesh. That was already bore by him. By now, but now I abstain from yielding to that from which I'm redeemed from. Now through the cross, I have power over sin. I could have never paid for my sin. The cross of Christ is to bring forth a recollection that I'm a free woman. You are a free man if you're a man listening to me or a free woman if you're a woman listening to me. That in Christ we are free from the power of sin forever. He bore our sins in his body, in his body, on the tree, on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his stripes. And that word stripes, by his stripes, you are healed. That word stripes is 3468. A bruise, a stripe left on the body by scourging. Isn't what, isn't that what Paul was referring in Galatians that in his body he carries the marks of Christ that he received through the persecution, through the scourgings of the persecution. But that's because he identified with Christ. He's a bondservant of Christ. And so he knew that Christ bore these stripes and they represent love. And so where he was led to go, he went willingly. Not fearing death, not loving his life more, more, and withholding a full commitment to his master. (laughs) 
that from the, the, one of the Greek lexicons, this word stripes, a bruise. So through these stripes that Jesus bore in his own body, we've been healed. Healing is your portion today. It is part of the new covenant. Healing in your mortal body right here, right now is part of that which is paid for us to appropriate. On the basis of the bruises he took, a bruise, whale, wound that trickles with blood, blood poured out of his stripes, blood for you and I to be made complete and whole in him today. Divine love poured out of these stripes for the wholeness of your soul today. As he said to that woman with the issue of blood, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Spirit, soul, and body. In Colossians 2, verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you have put on immortality, as you've put on incorruption, as you've now identified with being a life-giving spirit. Paul tells the, Coloss the Colossians, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, walk as a son of man, as a son of God. Walk as a child of God, not as a mere man, not as mere flesh and blood, because we read flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But you are now born again. You're born again. You're born again. I am born again. Just say it. I am born again. I'm a new creation. I'm a spirit man. I'm a spirit man. I've been fully recreated. To bear his image, to host the God of glory, the living God to live in me now. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware less, again, the beware. You see the company you keep. Is important. Beware lest anyone, that's a person. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. This is what the wrong company looks like. Cheating you through philosophy and empty deceit. Oh, I hate empty deceit. It's like those rice crackers. They really don't fill you. But you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch. Doesn't satisfy you. No nourishment in it. Forsake that. Come to the true reality. Faith in the living Christ. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. Religion, religion. Number one enemy to Christ. Reality. 
traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ, not according to this living reality of truth, of immortality, incorruptibility, kingdom of God reality. Ooh, ooh. Stripes of love he bore for you and I. So we can identify with those stripes and receive his life by picking up these markings of the cross. I'm not talking about a martyr's death. I'm talking about the victor's walk on earth. That we can, we can, as we read Paul tell the Corinthians, that we can say, what was written, death is swallowed up in victory here now today. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? I'm far above it in him. I'm walking in him now. Back to Colossians 2, verse 7. Rooted and built up in him, I am now establishing the faith. Okay, so now we go to verse 9. For in him, in him, who is he? My Savior. The word made flesh in him, in Christ, the one that bore the stripes for you and I, in love himself, for he represents the very love of the Father. In him, in love, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily, bodily. So we can handle him, we can touch him, we can partake of him. And we can break, we can break of the bread that he has given to us and share with another a life-giving spirit now. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. This is it. You are complete, a finished product, complete whole, who is the head of all principality and power. I think I'll stop here and continue next Sunday. But this is it. An identity with him is what takes you up and out of that which faces you today. Because he bore stripes of love for you and I. So we can have a freedom <laughs> to bear the image of the Lord from heaven. Glory be to God. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Amen.